Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Fantasy football. Every year I set this league up and I never win. All right, pick the draft order and get things going. Make the call. Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. This is the best day of my life! It's God Bless Fantasy Football, and the time is almost here. We finished our fantasy football draft this past weekend, and I can't wait to deliver the draft grades to you. But uh, all in all, fantasy football is about to start. It's right around the corner. September 8th is kickoff for the Rams and Bills. That is the opening to the NFL season. Can't wait for that. I'll give you my favorite daily fantasy value pick at the end of the show. But for now, let's get right into this. Andrew Rogers, Sasha Durkin, our producer, Cam Broham on headset as well. Can't wait to talk draft grades. The event was fantastic that for was one. A lot of fun. Hale Varsity Club put on a fantastic event for us to host this fantasy draft. We raised close to $300 for Team Jack. We had all three listeners that raffled their way in present for the draft. They all had a great time. They started with a $100 bar tab, and you could just tell that that went a long way for all three tables. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Everybody had a good time, though, I think. The food's always good out there. I should not be on a squiggly chair. Um, <laughs> do one of these. We're, we're just the shifting left and right. <laughs> um, no, but I think that everybody else had a really great time too. Yeah, Pat was hilarious. It was his first time drafting, which we ran into. A, we had a little hiccup with Pat. He was a co-manager, mm. yet he couldn't draft, which, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'll have to. I bet Jill like banned him. <laughs> was like, no, this guy, no. He couldn't even queue up you players. Can't do this. So, but. It, since he was logged on, we had to wait two minutes for Pat to draft. But Pat was he, he was pretty happy with how his uh, draft results came out. Uh, Jacob Padilla also there, a big Green Bay Packers fan. If you listen to the previous episode, you'll find out uh, how much he loves his Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And uh, he, had a, he had a great time. And then one of my personal favorites, John Carroll in the back corner that was also working on his upcoming law case at yeah, the same yeah. time. <laughs> Multitasking at its finest. Yeah. So I was like, I thought all the papers were there because he's that serious about the draft. Which, that's what I thought too, <laughs> but then I saw he was drafting mostly on his phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had Josh Cohen, we had Austin, and how do you say Austin's last name? Is it Is Plored? it Plored? Is it Plored? Cam? It was like, ah, Cam? I don't know Anything? Cam? I'm pretty sure it's Plored. Plored? Plordy? Plored Day? Yeah. We, we should ask him. Just yeah. Asterisk yeah. above the yeah. E. And yeah. Plour day. I like that more. Yeah. Austin. Fancy. Plorde. And if you say it like like that, it, it yeah. works, right? You got to get the, the Italian, Italian hand, hand out, out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into draft grades because I'm excited. A plus draft grade over here. I'm leading the charge for God Bless Fantasy Football. I mean, who's shocked? I, I don't think anybody's surprised by the fact that I'm in the lead to start. Yeah. And I'm an A minus. Sasha got an A minus. The only two A's. I, You know, I've been hearing a lot of excuses from the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. Oh, if, if it was PPR, I'd be better. Oh, if 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 I didn't have uh, this quarterback, and oh, if I had this running back instead. Wah! 
Well, yeah. well, That's I'll call you a wambulance because I got an A plus and I was fine. Right. Look, guys, it's a standard league. I made it. I made it known before we started drafting. It wasn't PPR. That's like studying for world history and not U.S. history. When your test is on U.S. history, you study U.S. history, mm-hmm. not world history. That is why you have a C plus or below. That's yeah. it. Yep. You got away with it. And the the whole entire impetus behind that was to make it literally easiest for Pat. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And uh, we had we had a lot of questions. And anyone else who was new to right. playing fantasy football, I think that's the easiest way to go about things if you're not familiar in, in any way, shape, or form. Like Danny from Innocent Till Tipsy, although she did have some help. <laughs> the gray shoulder. Yeah. We'll never let her live that I, down. It, wasn't even just the, it was the gray shoulder. <laughs> it was also Max, her co-host, and then her friend. Um, helping them out, who was what highest ranked or what in the top five or something for? Uh, uh, I believe it was top five hundred for all uh, fantasy nationwide last year. Yeah, which so, is insane. Daily fantasy, of course, and we're looking forward. And they to were they're the next right below us at B. Are they? Yes, oh. they have a B. But see, you know what? I heard some whining, and they are whiners take all, so (laughs) I totally get that. But I think it'll be fun to read what Yahoo had to say about every team because, I mean, they are savage once they get into the low Bs, into the Cs. But we're going to start with the A+, because as Yahoo stated, it was a masterful draft day performance by the GM of GBFF, which is yours truly. Mm-hmm. I turned the sixth overall pick into a projected second place finish, which, pff, yeah, okay, second place. You need to change that to a one. The team mm-hmm. is especially strong at running back, as Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry are expected to combine for the second highest point total of all starting running back groups in the league. GBFF is predicted to finish 10 and 4. And God bless fantasy football. Well, All right. Bad, bad. Great draft. Great draft by Andrew. Not bad. <laughs> and Sasha, you want to read yours? Yes. Yes, I do. Let's see here. I have to get in here. Blount for I'm going to let you read it. Because trauma. There's, there's one line in here that's absolute bogus. Uh, having the first pick in the draft doesn't always result in a championship caliber squad. Is that the one? Nope. Uh, in this case, however, it very well could. Blunt Force Drama did what top flight fantasy footballers do when they land the number one overall pick. They put together a juggernaut. Is that the one? Nope. I'm nope. waiting. Keep okay. going. Keep the going. team is notably strong at the running back position as Jonathan Taylor and Leonard Fournette are expected to combine for the highest point total of all starting running back Still groups not. in the league. Still not that. Blunt Force Trauma predicted to finish in first place. That in is God what bless I have to argue fantasy with. football with a mark of <laughs> 11 and 3. You love my Leonard Fournette pick. So Sasha was just taking my notes off of my page and just applying it to her He was next up in my queue and I happened to be in front of you. I also was number one and so I had backed back picks throughout Leonard the whole Fournette. thing. They call yeah. him playoff Lenny for a reason. So here, <laughs> here are your two A's. And as we stated, how fitting that we're also hosting God bless fantasy football, but let's get more into the league because here's where it gets a little bit funny. So whiners take all, they have a pretty short paragraph uh, that Yahoo handed to wow. them. <laughs> and it says, if you can't hin- handle the heat, get out of the draft room. Wow. Whiners take all collapsed under the pressure of this draft, picking number 10 overall. They were clearly overmatched. Winers take all are projected to finish seventh in God bless fantasy football with a record of five and nine. The best part about this is they mention no players in their in their paragraph of, hey, you did really well in drafting this or that. There were no player names. It was just a pure disappointment from this group. Right. 
Well, and the next one down on the list also has a B. It's a Chicken Nick podcast. They auto-drafted. Auto-drafters. So here's their draft summary. Although they drew the number one or number nine <laughs> overall selection, Chicken and Nick didn't flinch, building a roster capable of beating any team in God Bless Fantasy Football. After picking up multiple bangles in the early <laughs> rounds, Chicken and Nick are projected to finish with a record of nine and five, placing them in third. You know what? The Bengals also got second in the NFL last year. Yes. So Schick and Nick does not strive to get first place ever, as we can see. Um, in fifth, Team Hale Varsity. This is Jacob Padilla and Aaron Sorensen. What's the sign of a wonderful GM? Turning a bottom half draft slot into top half results. Such was the case with Team Hale Varsity, which flipped its number eight overall pick into a projected fourth place finish in God Bless Fantasy Football after picking up multiple Ravens in the early rounds. Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson, two very, very good picks. Team Hale Varsity are predicted to put up a total of 1,600 plus points based on the current roster, which would result in an eight and six Record the biggest mover, Jameis Winston. That makes me laugh. I, I saw that and I was like, oh, well, okay. Uh, the, the next team up would be also has a B uh, rating. So Gretna Horny Goats, which would be uh, John Carroll's team. Uh, if you can't handle the heat, get out of the draft room again. That's apparently <laughs> they like to repeat that. Gretna Horny Goats. Wilted. I'm going to steal that and just and just plaster that on our. It's, page. A, it's a T-shirt. <laughs> yes. Uh, they wilted under pressure under the pressure of this draft, picking number seven overall. They were clearly overmatched. This seems like the exact same line I that Winers like Take All has. Uh, Yahoo, yeah. change it up Come a little on. bit. On a positive note, the team is particularly talented at the running back position as Austin Eckler and Eli Mitchell are slated to combine for the third highest point total of all starting running back groups in the league. What? That's four now. Gretna Horny Ghosts are projected <laughs> to finish 10th in God Bless Fantasy Football with a record of 4-10 and ten so, overall. So we brought this up after the draft because John is a very competitive individual. And once I told him he was projected to finish 10th, his eyes popped out of his or his <laughs> eyes popped out of his sockets like he was just told that the world is ending. Well, to that point, if you listen to the the fantasy the draft uh, episode of this podcast, uh, he did come on and was like, "I you always had that one person who's always on your tail and grabs the people you want." And for him, that was very much Andrew Rogers right over here. <laughs> I love how his biggest steal and going out on a limb are both players from the Detroit Lions. <laughs> so I think both of them could be categorized as going out on a limb. Here's my favorite, Pat and JT, because Pat was so ecstatic. <laughs> about a C-plus draft grade. He even posted about it. So, yeah. Bat and JT parlayed a solid draft slot into a modest performance. The team is notably tough at receiver as Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams are slated to combine for the third highest point total of all starting wide receiver groups in the league. Bat and JT are projected to finish 7-7, seven and seven, which would place them fifth in God bless fantasy football. Pat will take that all day, every day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't get last, he's going to take it. <laughs> it's a win, period, end of story. Uh, the next team had a C rating, and it's Say Stafe. I said it right, finally. Um, bless, Josh Cohen. Josh. Uh, plus with, blessed with a solid draft position, number three overall. Expectations were high for Say Stafe. However, those expectations faded immediately after they drafted, as this team looks to be on track for a mediocre sixth-place finish in God Bless Fantasy Football. Behind multiple Buccaneers in the early rounds, Mike Evans and Tom Brady, Say Safe are predicted to re 
post a record of six and eight. <laughs> and he also has three quarterbacks. I think yes, he does. this team and Winers Take All have three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes, which was the first quarterback yeah. off the board at the third overall pick. That is Say Stave's team. Winers Take All. Let me look at this really fast because I, went, I was talking to Max in the hallway today, and she's like, I got three quarterbacks, so uh, we're going to be set once one goes down. <laughs> but, well, yeah, yeah. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. That's all I see. Maybe they only. Oh, have they two did get Aaron Rodgers. I wondered who picked them up, but I was having connectivity issues. I love their AJ Dillon pick, and I'll tell people about that a little bit later on. Two more to go. This is the Total Ship Show team, which it was a Total Ship Show trying to get them to sign up for the league. Uh, I had to end up making a team, and I used uh, my girlfriend Ashley's email <laughs> to do it, which is why Amanda and Malia's team is titled Ashley's Unrivaled Team. <laughs> I love the, the the names that automatically populate through yes. Yahoo Fantasy Football. So this team couldn't take advantage of the number five overall pick, drafting a roster that will struggle to earn wins. This was another... Uh, a group that auto-drafted. Mm-hmm. Opponents could enjoy beating them regularly. Can't wait to do that, as this team is projected to finish eighth in GBFF. For some good news, the team is especially deep at wide receiver, as Cooper Cup and CeeDee Lamb are slated to combine for the highest point total of all starting wide receiver groups. This team, Ashley's unrivaled team, <laughs> is projected for a record of 5-9. and nine. And in last place with a C-50 Shades of Trey. Austin Plode. Plode. Um, 50 Shades of Trey has handed a, was handed a solid draft position, and they dropped the ball. This is, again, another, like, just a couple lines. Even though they had the number two overall pick, they're projected to finish ninth in GBFF 50 Shades of Trey are looking at a final record of 5-9. and nine. So there you have it. Sasha projected to defeat me in the finals. We'll see if that happens. I think Schick and Nick was third. Mm. So there's your one, two, three. Sasha, if, if this is how all things ended, if we just ended right after a draft, you'd be giving $300 to Team Jack. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. It's pretty awesome. Um, yes. That would be uh, also do want to thank um, Team Jack for allowing us to to do this in in their honor um, to raise some some funds for Team Jack. If you're not familiar with what that is, uh, we could always link uh, in the show notes. Um, but it's just a fantastic um, opportunity to help some kids out in the area. There are running backs with standalone value, and then there are running back handcuffs. And I think this is a very strategic way to go about your fantasy drafts is knowing what handcuffs to grab and at the same time finding the running backs with standalone value and then uh, along with that finding the tandems to avoid and that's how you build your bench Mm -hmm. and that's how you get deep that's how you get the a plus draft grade so there's running backs with standalone value there's running back handcuffs and then there's the tandems to stay away from and the reason I'm bringing this up is because I got into a heated debate on the golf course yesterday about running back handcuffs and who the best one was and I am still convinced that my point is true and I was so hoping that we could bring in Mike Mendez to have this conversation but with uh, this being a Tuesday Mm. during the week the work week. He uh, had something come up, so he couldn't come in. Maybe we'll revisit the actual argument, but let me let me break it down for you. I think I think we were on like hole 16, hole 17, and I was telling him how I'm high on Alexander Madison, and I love having him as a running back handcuff for when Dalvin Cook goes down. He instantly slots up as a RB1, and I think 
99% of the population out there would agree with me. Mm-hmm. The 1%, the Mike Mendez boat would not. And he was bringing up things that were, you know, viable. The Alexander Madison, I believe his career average yards per carry is around like 3.7. Chuba Hubbard was around there last year, and we all know that Chuba Hubbard didn't live up to expectations. So, you know, if you are basing it solely off of that point, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe based on that stat, Alexander Madison isn't the best handcuff to have. And Handcuffs, again, are different than standalone values. I was going to say, I think for the folks, especially anybody like Pat, who may listen to this podcast and not understand what running back handcuffs are, do you care to explain? So the handcuff is you draft the backup of the starter. So if you get a starter in the top 10, we'll say top 20 running backs, you could take um, Christian McCaffrey, who has been injury prone the last few seasons, you're going to draft Deontay Foreman this year, who is slated to be better than Chuba Hubbard. Now it's kind of a toss up at this point, but I'm more on the Deontay Foreman Mm -hmm. train. Same thing with Dalvin Cook. You take Alexander Madison, you take Cam Akers, you take Daryl Henderson and so forth as, as drafts go on, you take the backup. That's also supposed to be productive that year. Mm -hmm. So going back to my point though, Alexander Madison last year started four games. Okay, this is a guy that has been a backup his entire career, but he is receiving calls right now from 12-plus teams in the league about, hey, maybe you come over to our side and can get that starting opportunity that you need. There's 12 teams out there that have looked at Alexander Madison and said, hey, he could be a starting running back Mm -hmm. for us. So it's not just me that sees the potential out of this guy. And plus, because he's a backup, because he doesn't get all of the opportunity and the touches that he deserves— That's why his yards per carry uh, fall. That's why he falls in that category because he just doesn't have the repetition that other starting running backs get. But hear hear me out. Hear me out here. I didn't have the stats pulled up yesterday. I was more worried about finding my golf ball. Meanwhile, Mike had a lot of time because he hit it in the fairway. Last year, Alexander Madison started four games (laughs) in week three, five, 13, and 16. Across those games, he averaged 21.5 rush attempts and five and a half targets per game. In each of the four, he scored double-digit fantasy points. That's in PPR leagues. In non-PPR, he did not score double-digit fantasy points in a single game. So there, it, it's a little bit different the way that you're seeing it. But based on what I just said there, that right there, if you are getting roughly 22 rush attempts a game, you are starting every single week yeah. in fantasy. Every single week, and you cannot tell me that you wouldn't use your waiver if not if you didn't draft him if he's on the if he's on the free agent list or, or the waiver wire. You will not tell me that you won't burn your waiver to get him to back up Dalvin Cook, whether you have Dalvin or not. Right. Yes, I was just going to say that it doesn't necessarily ha- you don't have to draft both of them, but if he's out there, they'd be a great pickup, especially if you're kind of lacking in the running back department or your bench is a little. So I I know I'm presenting this information one-sided now, which is why I wanted him in here Mm -hmm. so that we could have a little back and forth. But that was the main reason why I value Alexander Madison at the spot he's in, because in that offense, they like to run the ball. As much as they have the options to spread the ball around with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you have Irv Smith coming back from injury. As much as you have other options, they still run the ball the majority of the game when you have Dalvin Cook in. It's not like, oh, we run it once and now we're throwing the next two downs. Right. A lot of times you see the Vikings run the ball two, three times just to get the first down, and then we'll look to spread the ball, which makes them such a dynamic team, such a strong team to make a case at the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. 
Alexander Madison is my favorite handcuff. Now, it's different, though, because the way you look at Kareem Hunt, A.J. Dillon, Tony Pollard, those guys, to me, have standalone value. So I'm not factoring them into the best handcuff category. Obviously, if we are, Kareem Hunt's the best Mm -hmm. because when he was a chief, he was a starting running back. Then he went through uh, some obstacles in his life that caused him to lose his spot on the Chiefs roster, finds himself on the Browns. If he were to be traded or signed on another team, instantly an RB1, much higher valued than Alexander Madison. In my opinion, and, and it's true because over the last two seasons, he averaged 14.75 and 12 and a half touches per game. And during that span, Hunt played in five games without Nick Chubb, averaging 15 and a half carries and 2.6 receptions per game. He's a guy yeah. that obviously is the best standalone, but handcuff in the game as well. But A.J. Dillon this year has looked at a, as a 1A-1A with Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. and I really like him because he led the team in carries and rushing yards last year. He played in all 17 games, rushed for 803 yards, had 187 carries. That's a yards per carry of 4.3 while adding five touchdowns. He's a guy, like I said, that will be a starting running back someday. And yep. if the Packers want, they could move on from Aaron Jones and instantly slot up A.J. Dillon. Tony Pollard's the same way. I'm not high on Zeke this year. I know a lot of analysts are. I know a lot of analysts aren't. And he recorded five five or more runs of 15-plus yards than Zeke last year on 100 fewer rushing attempts. So I get it. These guys are more valued than Alexander Madison, which comes into average draft position. That's why that's why Madison is taken lower. But he is still the best handcuff in my eyes because he's in the best position to succeed when a running back goes down. That's what the handcuff conversation is right. all about. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I don't know how anybody could argue against that after all of the information that you just handed them. It's, it's hard. So that's but why see, I didn't understand how it was see, an argument. The, I didn't have that information at hand, and I will right. never I will never sit here and say I'm an encyclopedia when it comes to fantasy football but, but and you know what the target share is like and, yeah. know, and know how many uh, stats and rushing yards this guy had, this guy had, this guy had. But anybody can look it up. It was to say, if you and, look at the data... And, and that's, right that's what Mike did yesterday. He looked up Alexander Madison's <laughs> yards per carry in his career, just like I looked up all of these stats mm-hmm. to mirror fantasy value over NFL value. Now, I may have stretched a little bit when I said he could be a very like solid top 15 back in the league yesterday. I guess I just kind of got like overly, overly Carried hyped away. up. <laughs> I don't understand how that On the Alexander Madison train. But <laughs> I was like, there, there's no, he, he's been, the past three years, the best handcuff to have in fantasy football. What would change now? Yeah. What would change I now? I mean, you've convinced me. If I'm going to use a waiver, then, I mean. He's the guy to go I'm after. Go I'm, after sure, I'm sure he's already on a team. Oh, uh, yes. he's, his average ADP was in, in the ninth, tenth round this year. If he didn't make his way onto a team or Dalvin Cook's owner's team, mm-hmm. uh, that is an issue. Um, So hopefully Dalvin Cook stays healthy. Khalil Herbert is another one of my favorites. When David Montgomery missed the Bears week two preseason game, Khalil Herbert took all the snaps with the starters. That is the same way we saw it in 2021 when Montgomery was out from weeks five to eight. He averaged 19 and a half rush attempts, 2.25 targets and 11.2 fantasy points per game. Very solid outing from him. There was talk that, oh, once Montgomery comes back, Herbert's still going to be there. No, he won't. 
David Montgomery is still the better option in Chicago. I can't believe the spot that people are drafting him and, and, and how low he's fallen in fantasy leagues this year. Being the running back in the best position to have the easiest strength of schedule, I, I, just, I just can't fathom going with Khalil Herbert and saying, wow, I'm going to take my chance in the 13th round on Khalil Herbert and pass on David Montgomery in the fifth round, which is extreme value for that guy. Extreme value. He may be a fourth rounder. I'd have to look up his ADP again. Uh, Henderson, a double-digit carry every game. That's when Cam Akers is out, though. Cam Akers is going to be the guy there, but he is a phenomenal grab as long as he can stay healthy. But the Rams running backs, at least last year, they had a struggle. They, they struggled to stay on the field. Deontay Foreman, who I talked about already, but I didn't give you any of his stats. He was a running back 11 in fantasy, uh, averaging 19.2 touches per game, replacing Derrick Henry from weeks 14 oh. to 18 last year. So he was productive, which is why I say he's more productive than Chuba Hubbard, who averaged just three and a half yards per carry last year. And then Daryl Williams, who went from the Chiefs, and now he is on the Cardinals. We saw the Cardinals like to use James Conner a lot and Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds, to me, is more talented than Daryl Williams, but he is a good dual threat option. He took 144 rush attempts for 558 yards last year, and, and then... Uh, close to 450 yards on 57 targets. So there is value there. We talked standalone value. The tandems that I would avoid, though, Michael Carter and Brees Hall, unless you get Brees Hall at the draft value, I got him in one of my fantasy drafts. His ADP is 39. I got Brees Hall in the eighth round, 35 spots lower wow. than his ADP. People are scared. They saw reports that Michael Carter is going to be the lead option right away. I just don't see that. I don't see how they go with Carter, after drafting Brees Hall as high as they did and um, hyping him up in that yeah. Jets organization, he may not have everything figured out just yet, but Brees Hall is going to be the guy to have the rest of the way. Why not get him? And then for me, I drafted Michael Carter too, just in case, <laughs> just in case a situation like this would arise. Devin Singletary and James Cook is another one I don't like all that much this year. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Isaiah Pacheco. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is my favorite bounce back this year. He finally had a, a healthy offseason and they're talking about using a, a rotation of running backs in, in the Chiefs' backfield, but to me, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is still the most talented back there. I don't know how you go with a seventh-rounder and Isaiah Pacheco over him. They drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire a few years ago in the first round after LSU won the national championship. So um, that would have been, what, two years ago? Two years ago. Two yeah. years ago. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire, to me, is going to have a great bounce-back year, and if you can get him at his ADP, I, I think it's an absolute steal. Yeah, it's looking him up actually. Clyde. Yep. So Clyde, he's interesting because he's not very big and he yeah. doesn't hit the holes all that hard. But when Patrick Mahomes on draft day talked about him being the best running back there, which he obviously was not. DeAndre Swift was also there. Jonathan right. Taylor went later, who was the number one pick in fantasy football this year. Mm -hmm. So he obviously was overvalued, but they looked at him kind of like a Darren Sproles-esque yeah. player. And because of his size and because of the way that Mahomes thought he could use him, and how often do you really need a running back when you have Patrick Mahomes at the helm? That guy just runs willy-nilly in the backfield and somehow yeah. makes um, acrobatic throws and plays. That's who Taylor Martinez wanted to be. <laughs> he wanted to be the former he keeps his head down. Texas Tech Hall yeah. of Famer. But those are just guys that I like to look at at, at the running back uh and the, and the running back handcuff category, the standalone values, and the tandems to avoid. So be that as it may, 
Take that as you will. You don't have to follow exactly how I like to draft, but as I said, I did get an A-plus draft grade for a reason. Now, I also (laughs) didn't draft a kicker or a defense in this league, and that was something I like to do every now and then. You can still, like, I'm not going to start week one without a kicker and a defense, but I took value at the moment because who knows what can happen over the next two weeks? Who knows what can kind of happen now? And so if I take a chance on a rookie like Traylon Burke, Sky Moore, and then all of a sudden they're like, wow, Sky Moore, he, he, he's looked awesome with Mahomes. The connection is there. He's starting week one. Expect him to get 11 fantasy points. Well, great. Then I'm going to look at drafting or dropping Kenneth Gainwell or Traylon Burks instead right. and then picking up a defense and kicker right before week one because there's just so yeah. much unpredictability when it comes to matchups and, yeah. and basing your, your defense and your kicker and the best position. Like kickers are kickers. If, as long as your team scores or gets down the field, they're going to have their opportunities to kick field goals and extra points. But if you're a defense, I am all matchup based and solely matchup based. I hate having one defense all year long because if I have the Rams defense, which is a very good defense to own, or if I have the Bills defense, which is a very good defense to own, guess what? They play week one together. And now your defense could potentially get negative points if Josh Allen goes off, if Matt Stafford and the Rams go off. Not to say that that's going to happen, but why take them when I can get the team playing the Jets? Or I'm right. or the Lions or the Dolphins even I the Dolphins are one of my favorite defenses this year and I'll, and I'll get to them in a moment but never be too focused on drafting a kicker and a defense and never take them before your last two picks if you want to just solidify your roster right then and there just do it don't worry about the falling value those can come on the waiver wires wherever you, wherever you want to grab it but for me I like to draft it this way because there's always a chance to pick up a kicker that is on a team that scores a lot. Chris Boswell is one of my favorites. He's one of the highest paid kickers in the league, and he's only like 12% owned in fantasy. He plays for the Steelers. I get that. They have, who knows, at, the, at, the, at their quarterback position, who's commanding that offense. If it's Trubisky, if it's Pickett, who, who, whoever is going to be there, I still find them to be a team that can march down the field, and Boswell is one of the most accurate kickers, and why wouldn't he be if he's getting paid the money that he is? Right. So here's a speed round, though, because for those that don't want to listen to the rest of this episode and just want to jump to the end, we're going to put a speed round here. And in roughly two minutes, I'm going to try to go across quarterback, running back, wide receiver down the list in fantasy positions and tell you why I would go this direction over the other. So speed round. Give me a countdown, Sasha. Five, four. Two, one. Stress-free quarterbacks. That's how I look at it. I'm a value hound. Do not be stressed out when you're about to draft a quarterback. There's value to a top five QB, but I especially love guys like Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, who has three dynamic pass catchers on that team and a poor run attack. Kirk Cousins, who has Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I mean, even Tua has upgrades at receivers this year. And the running backs, Chase Upside, Bounce Backs, and more. Saquon Barkley, he's the biggest misread at ADP. They're talking about feeding him the ball. Nick Chubb, especially in non-PPR leagues. He's a touchdown machine. A.J. Dillon in the fifth round looked at a 1A-1A with Aaron Jones. David Montgomery, another misread at ADP with the easiest running back schedule. Rashad Penny, he after week 14 last year led all running backs in numerous categories, including touchdowns. And then the rookie Damian Pierce at Houston, he's going to be the one that gets the first touch. At wide receiver, grab top value, weigh the ones and twos, and search for the diamonds in the rough. Get the guys at the top. The top are the top for a reason. Then you get guys like Mike Williams, Allen Robinson, Jerry Judy at the twos that if you miss out on Keenan Allen, 
Cooper Cup, Cortland Sutton. You can replace them with guys like that. You've got DK Metcalf that you have to stay high on despite the quarterback situation. Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore in the same boat there. And then the diamonds in the rough, Kirk Christian Kirk, that is Brandon Ayuk, and then rookies, Traylon Burks, Drake London, and also Sky Moore. And then, you know, the ultimate snags, if you can grab them, Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, who Thomas coming back finally trying to be healthy, even though he's got a hamstring injury still lingering, and D-Hop, who's going to miss the first six games, technically seven with the bye week. At tight end, if not a top five guy, don't go lower than Knox. The middle of the pack of tight ends last year saw eight players average between eight and ten points per game. That's Dawson Knox, Dallas Goddard, Hunter Henry, Logan Thomas, Zach Ertz, and TJ Hawkinson. Only four active tight ends averaged more points than them last year. Kicker and defense, it's all matchup based. Take it one week at a time. People are missing out and scared to own a defense not highly ranked. Dallas went from a bottom five defensive unit in 2020 to eighth in points allowed last season and first in fantasy points. They are 65% owned. Miami finished 2021 with 48 sacks, 2.8 per game, and the fourth most fumble recoveries. They are 18% owned. Keep an eye on the pack in week five. Consider stashing them for week six through nine. They have the Giants, Jets, Commanders, and Lions during that time, and they are 87% owned. Denver allowed the third fewest points last season, 89% owned. So there's a lot of fluctuation there. Don't be afraid to drop and add one of those defenses. I know I went over two minutes, the two minute. It drill. was really close though, dude. Like, like you were off by like maybe 15 seconds. Man, that's okay. I, that's why I was checking my, my clock. Folks. Did we get under was- 220 for Twitter? Oh, maybe. Pretty close. close? Well, I'll take pretty close. (laughs) I'm a long-winded talker, so I'll take pretty close. Really fast, I promised on giving you my DFS play of the week, and that comes in the Rams and Buffalo Bills game, because why not? I have to give you some type of advice for Thursday's NFL opener, and that's choosing Isaiah McKenzie. Since being claimed off of waivers in 2018, he's got 95 passes for 893 yards and seven touchdowns. That's in 53 games with Buffalo. Who wouldn't want to choose a receiver to be paired with Josh Allen? Of course, they have Gabriel Davis. Of course, they have Stephon Diggs. But guess who they don't have? Cole Beasley. They let him walk in free agency, which is why I like Isaiah McKenzie. I think he is a great value to have in your DFS Lineup. Now that game is at 7:20, I believe, on Thursday. So make sure to get uh, your DFS picks in on Thursday in time. It's pretty easy to to, to follow along, like who who you are going to pick, and and it's of of course you know it's all based on on value there. Mm -hmm. But uh, finding those diamonds in the rough, like we've been talking about all episode, are just as important in your daily fantasy lineups. The Bills have the best Super Bowl odds this year. They come in at plus five fifty, facing off against the defending Super Bowl champions. So uh, a a very great way to start off the NFL season. Never thought that I'd hear that Bills were going to be projected to be at the end of the season. I've also been a Patriots fan my whole entire life, and the Bills have never been really that great. And, well, they have. They just they get there. They, they just get there can't and get over the hump. Puke all over themselves. <laughs> that's correct. Now, that's slightly ahead of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who Sasha is probably still has a, a minor love for Tom Brady, I would, I would guess, yeah, right? Yeah, that would be so accurate. So they're at plus 700, and that is considerably better than the third best team odds, the Green Bay Packers at plus 1,000. So there's also value if you like to place future bets and uh, picking the Super Bowl champion. That's your game on September 8th. We'll be back on September 11th on game day, the first full Sunday of NFL football. It's week one, and we cannot wait to be live. We'll be on from 11.15 till the start of kickoff and 
during that time, send us questions on YouTube. We'll be live. Send us your start sit questions. I know you are going to be questioning yourself like I always used to in the past, and I would watch fantasy football shows all morning long. The only one that you need to watch and listen to is this one. God bless fantasy football. There's a lot of things that men can do with their time. That's not right. There are a lot of things a man can do with his time. I'm I'm quoting the league here, and I have to quote it correctly. There are many things a man can do with his time, but none are better than this. God bless you, and God bless fantasy football.